It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest in sports news, fantasy analysis, and opinions. Don't forget the hot takes. Can't have a sports show without hot takes these days. What about hot cakes, though? Mm, I want some hot cakes. Now, here's your host, ready to jump into the thick of things, Dwayne Callender. Hello, and welcome to the show, everyone. We got an early Saturday morning. We just saw Manchester United barely. And I mean, barely eke out a victory over Bournemouth 2-1 to uh, with the game-winning goal coming in stoppage time for Marcus Rashford on an ugly-looking goal that was just basically a scrap. And, uh, like, Rashford, Rashford managed to knock it in. But, I mean, United does not look good whatsoever. And it's comical in a way because United fans are getting exactly what they deserve. After years of just complaining about every single manager since Sir Alex. Basically, United are stuck with a manager they can't stand, but they don't know how to move on from Jose Mourinho because they don't actually have a plan. There's no plan in place. So they don't know what to do next. So they're stuck with Mourinho doing whatever he wants because realistically, they don't know who to bring in. They don't know which players they need. They, they don't know from a scouting development standpoint what's wrong, why they have they fallen so far behind from Manchester City. There's no scheme. There's no setup. It's just an unmitigated disaster at Old Trafford. So, like, the long and short of it is, is that Manchester United is so far off of City, even though they finished in second place last year, realistically, in terms of actual progress in their farm system, of developing youth players to uh, up towards their main roster, Manchester United may as well be in League One, which is two divisions below uh, the actual Premier League. So you got Championship, and then you got League One. Like, that's where Manchester United is at this point. Because they spend a bunch of money, they don't know what they have on their hands, and they don't know what the selling value are, is for their players. So... In essence, they're just shooting blind. All they're doing is running up bills, and they don't know realistically when the tab's going to come due. Now, I am not one to talk as an Arsenal fan because Lord knows we have our own problems. But they seem to be paling in comparison to Manchester United because the amount of money United has spent over the last three years is astronomical compared to other clubs. And they are in far more disarray than some of the other top teams in the Premier League. So, again, United wins, but they're losing in the long run because this ship is so far from getting righted, it's not even funny. All right, so let's move on. I mean, we got one big matchup uh, today in the Premier League between Liverpool and Arsenal. You know, even though Arsenal's hosting Liverpool, uh, (laughs) honestly... I'd be shocked if Arsenal actually got a draw out of this. This this screams like an L in the worst way possible. Just because in years past, this would be the game where 
we go offensive against Liverpool and we get our asses handed to us. So ideally, I would rather see, uh, you know, a much more conservative effort where they don't go all out. But I have a feeling Unai Emery is going to try to tell the guys, hey, we can compete with these guys. Let's play an offensive unit. Let's go out with our big gun. So you like play all the big stars up top and actually hope you can outscore uh, Liverpool. I think it's a terrible idea. It, you know, it, to me, it you know it just does not play in your favor. And when you have the weaker backline in terms of a defense, it's just not a smart way to go about things. So I, I just think that it's a terrible strategy to employ. And realistically, in order to get a win against Liverpool, they're going to need a lot of luck. Uh, you know, regardless of the offensive skill position players they have. They're going to need a ton of luck and just hope they get a couple of breaks here and there and they can put a couple of pass to uh, Allison and hope for the best and try to win a shootout. But outside of that, I think Liverpool wins this one 3-1 to one, and, you know, it, it is what it is. It's, it's one of those games where you don't expect Arsenal to do much and they probably won't. Moving on to college football, we've got the big showdown between LSU and Alabama. You know, just so I don't beat a dead horse... I look at this game, and if I'm doing a bet on it, I am betting on Alabama. Even though the line has gone from 14.5, it's basically around, uh, it's it's basically gone from uh, 14.5 to about 10, 10.5. I still love Alabama here, uh, to be perfectly honest. Uh, You know, the bottom line is here that as much as people want to say that they're due for a loss, realistically, this LSU team is ill-equipped to actually deal the loss. Because, yes, they can slow down Tua Tagovailoa. And, yes, Tua has a knee injury. But at the end of the day, Alabama's defense is going to hold down LSU. Actually, now that I'm looking at the the, uh, the spreads back up to being uh, uh, 13 and 13 and a half. Uh, so it'll probably be 14 again. But, like, realistically, if we're, we're saying to ourselves here that Joe Burrow is going to lead LSU to a massive upset, I, I, I just like to see the evidence where. Joe Burrow can barely complete 50% of his passes against the likes of Kentucky. Uh, I, you know, actually, did LSU play Kentucky? Uh, not, now I'm blanking on which SEC uh, teams uh, LSU played. But you get my drift here. It, like, this is going to be the toughest task that uh, Joe Burrow is going to face all season in terms of defenses. And realistically, he's just not up to it. it. You know, again, while you could say that there's a, there's, there's a, there's precedent that LSU and Death Valley is going to somehow rattle Alabama. Like literally two came into the national title game at halftime down, down to Georgia, you know, the dude, realistically, he's a baller. He's a pro quarterback. There's no doubt about it in my mind. Uh, and, you know, he cools the other side of the pillow. The, that's the thing. And as long as that's the case, like, the hostile environment's not going to bother Tua. So he's just going to do his thing. Alabama will probably start off a little bit slow. I still expect them to cover the minus 8.5 first half line because I don't expect LSU to score in the first half. I think if once LSU scores, it'll probably be late in the game. 
I really think LSU's offense is going to struggle here. I don't like LSU from the standpoint of I don't know where the offense is going to come from because you're not going to run on Alabama, and Joe Burrow can't throw. So where are the points going to come from? Unless Tua throws a bunch of picks and throws a pick six, I don't see the big special teams or defensive plays come from LSU either. So where's the offense coming from? Uh, you know, as the way I look at it, it's like this is a clear-cut mismatch for in favor of Alabama. So they're going to take this one. So let's get into uh, the NFL because I have my thoughts on the slate of matchups. And, you know, for those of you listening to the episode yesterday... I was none too pleased with the early game slate uh, that we have on tap here because, I mean, we got some clunkers. We've got the return of the Peterman, Nathan Peterman, facing the Bears defense. Even if Khalil Mack cannot make it back from that ankle injury to play in this game, the Bears are, are just going to devour the schmuck. I mean, honestly, the guy has no business being on an NFL roster, let alone starting an NFL game. And yet still, we got this farce of a game that's actually going to be played. Like, honestly, you know, I'm not saying bet your mortgage on the game, but if you're telling me that the Bears are not going to be able to beat Nathan Peterman in Buffalo, like, no, it's going to happen. I mean, realistically, it's going to happen unless Mitchell Trubisky breaks his leg, and you've and you've got the uh, like uh, <laughs> Chase Daniel quarterbacking for the Bears when Chase Daniel should not be in the league either. But that's another story. But like, realistically, I can't see a scenario where the Bears lose this game to the Bills and the Peterman. I mean, the the Bills have no offense. Peterman cannot throw forward passes. He is lunch meat. Like, the Bears are going to toast on him. Uh, I mean, it's just, it's not going to be pretty. They're going to go to town on the guy. This is going to be a romp. Like, the minus 10 might as well be minus 15. It won't matter. The Bears are going to find a way of covering this game. Realistically, the the Bills are not going to score more than 10 points in this game. So, basically, what you're telling me is that... uh, you know, unless the Bears, like, somehow just cannot score on offense against a, B- a Bills defense that played their hearts out Monday night and have to come back and do it again on a short week when they're already tired and banged up, no, it's not going to happen. Like, Tariq Cohen should go off if, if Nagy finds the offense. Maybe it's a game that he gets Jordan Howard going. I don't really care. It's like, it doesn't really matter how the Bears' offense like, who gets the ball? They're just going to get a ton of possessions, and they're going to grind on the Bears. The, 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 I mean, and they're going to grind on the Bills. That, it's as simple as that. I, like, I, I can try to break this down any which way possible, but, you know, this uh, like, the line started out, and to give you the, uh, uh, an example of how the, ridiculous this game went, the, this line started out at minus 3.5. It's now minus 10 because of the Peterman news. Like, no one in their right mind thinks the Bills are going to win this game. The line has just jumped all over the place. So, that should give you an indication of how this one's going to go. It's going to be a massacre. I just don't know how bad of a massacre it's going to be. I I, I honestly think the Bears can win by 30. 
to be perfectly honest with you, uh, because of how bad Peterman is. Like, Peterman could easily throw four picks in this game. Actually, you know what? I shouldn't even say that. The reason why Peterman won't throw four picks is because Kyle Fuller is still playing for the Bears, and he couldn't catch the common cold. So that's the only reason why Peterman won't throw more than two picks. Because Fuller will probably drop the uh, the next three uh, that come his way. But, uh, like, that's about it. Like, this is not going to be due to Nathan Peterman actually improving his quarterback. He's still god-awful. I mean, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like, this game should just be automatically forfeited just so we don't waste our time with it. But, you know, we, we got fantasy and gambling purposes, so there's that. But, I mean, this is just... Take it to the bank. The the Bills are going to lose by at least 20 points. I still think the Bears win by 30, but, you know, I, I would easily say that the Bills are losing by at least 20. So, uh, there we go. Anyway, uh, moving on to the other dysfunctional team in the NFL, among the many, but, like, especially, dis- especially special. Uh, you got the Browns, eight and a half underdogs to the Chiefs you know the Browns are at home the Browns run defense has just gone down the drain completely I don't really see a scenario where the Browns put up proper uh uh uh, proper effort in this one Uh, just because like there's so much dysfunction going on with that team like this is an easy romp for the Chiefs like uh, like Kareem Hunt should have a field day. Kelsey, like, he's an Ohio native. He's going to want to ball out. Like, the Browns have no answer for him. Like, Tyreek Kill could go off. Like, the Chiefs have so many weapons. And guess what? Pat Mahomes, you know what? He wants to show up Baker Mayfield. Because, you know, they were uh, Big 12 rivals. Uh, you know, Pat Mahomes came to Texas Tech. Baker Mayfield immediately transferred and went to Oklahoma, which started this whole thing. I mean, they had their classic matchup uh, uh, in college where literally I remember that game distinctly for having absolutely zero defense whatsoever because both teams put up over, uh, combined, put up over 1,300 yards of offense. It was an absolute joke. Uh, uh, You know, I could talk about that game with Cam, but Tech lost it, so he doesn't want to talk about it. But, uh, you know, it's just one where it's like, it's a waste of time uh, uh, rehashing it. But, like, the pass is the pass. Presently, the Chiefs have one of the best teams in the league, even though I still think they should have traded for a safety. The fact that HaHa Clinton Dix went to Washington instead of Kansas City makes absolutely zero sense to me. The Chiefs could have used him. I know Eric Berry's getting close to coming back, but guess what? Eric Berry could just as easily re-injure that Achilles and he's out for the playoffs. So, you know, what's the backup plan? I don't see I don't see one from the Chiefs. At least the Rams are trying to go all in for it. But even the Rams, I thought, could have used Clinton Dix. But, you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, but, yeah, the Browns are not going to do much in this game. Uh, they'll keep it close for a little while. But the Chiefs are going to cover that 8.5. They'll win by, you know, 10, 13 points. And uh, we'll call it a day. Moving on. Got the Panthers and the Bucks. It's the return of Fitz Magic. Uh, you know, Fitz Magic uh, getting uh, the starting gig again from uh, completely ineffective Jameis Winston. You know, 
Could Fitzmagic actually make a game out of this? Yeah. But there are so many other things wrong with this Bucks team. Namely their defense, because they can't run uh, they can't run stuff and they can't cover anyone in coverage. So Cam should be able to have a field day unless Cam acts the fool. And, you know, again, I said this before about Cam. When Cam is completely disinterested in playing football, the Panthers' offense looks like a hot mess. When he's engaged, it's almost impossible to stop him. So it, it, this one's a hard one to gauge. I'm still going to take the Panthers, but I have less confidence in this one than in other picks just because I know uh, there's been multiple occasions where uh, Cam Newton has just switched off of games and just stopped paying attention and allowed teams to kind of run all over him. And then he tries to flip the switch back on. You know, it, it, it's a it's actually infuriating if I was a Panthers fan. But, uh, you know, I just noticed that way too often with this team. Now, uh, moving on, we've got the Dolphins and the Jets. I wish this game could be turned off altogether. This is an absolute waste of my time. The Panthers, I mean, the, uh, so in terms of the Dolphins, they're three-and-a-half-point favorites against the Jets uh, who are traveling to Miami. You know, these teams both suck. <laughs> like, I, like, that's about as technical of an analysis I can get. They both suck. There's no way I can even recommend the Jets in their present shape and form. They can't block. Sam Darnold is regressing because none of his receivers are open, and teams have started doing the scouting on what pass routes he feels comfortable with. And they're just sitting on him, and he's not adjusting well at all. Uh, again, part of this is due to the lack of pass protection he's got, but, you know, everyone's got problems. Uh, so it, it's I can't feel that sorry for Sam Darnold. It, it's just not good right now. So uh, the, the way I look at the Jets, you know, it, Todd Bowles is probably going to get fired. It's not, well, actually, I should say part of it is his fault because uh, Jeremy Bates' offensive coordinator is just completely outclassed in this modern NFL. Because, it, like, Tom Ball wants to run the ball up the middle. And realistically, you got to spread teams out. Like, I know I don't like, I'm, the, I'm not a big fan of spread football, but guess what? The NFL is outlawed defense. So trying to smash it up the middle makes no sense. If I'm Miami, I should be winning this game by two touchdowns. It's the fact that I got Brock Osweiler as a quarterback is the reason why I have some trepidation with the pick, but Miami should win this game outright and cover three and a half. But Brock Osweiler will probably keep both teams in the game with dumb plays or, you know, the fact that Miami has uh, just stunning lack of playmakers on that team right now with uh, Albert Wilson done for the year and Kenny Stills still battling a groin injury. There are a lot of issues going on uh, with uh, Miami right now in terms of the injuries, but, you know, at the end of the day, like, the production just ain't there. So Adam Gase should be on the hot seat too, as far as I'm concerned, just along with uh, Todd Bowles, if not more so, because Bowles, you know, still doesn't have a whole lot of talent he's working with on the uh, Jets. Miami should be better than this, and they're just not right now. Moving on, we got the Texans traveling to Mile High to play the Broncos. Again, two coaches I I can't stand. Uh, You know, Bill O'Brien and Vance Joseph. I mean, Vance Joseph 
has done less with more out of a number of Broncos coaches in recent memory. You know, I, you know, I wonder if Broncos fans actually miss John Fox because uh, Vance Joseph is even worse uh, than what they were bitching about with John Fox. Uh, but, uh, you know, Broncos are two-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, if I'm being honest with myself here, I have no idea who I would take in this game. And, you know, I'm going to take Houston, maybe, because I like Deshaun Watson more than Case Keenum, who's god-awful. Uh, you know, Case Keenum, who's barely above replacement-level QB. You know, it, it showed that that Minnesota year or last year was a fluke, and also just a byproduct of good play calling, which, again, I don't understand who the hell is calling plays, because... Pat Shermer has brought none of that to the Giants, but that's another story. I'm not going to talk about the Giants this week. I'll need to raise my blood pressure. Uh, but yeah, this one, ugh, ugly game. I, I would say stay away from it, but you know, if I got to pick a team, I'll take the dog uh, in Houston, uh, plus two and a half, but this one I could easily go to Denver, but you know, I don't want to take either one of these teams. Uh, I skipped a couple of early games. Uh, Showing how bored I am with them. <laughs> I mean, we got Den. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, we got Atlanta and Washington. Washington is uh, favored by a point and a half. You know, I do not like this Redskins team. I don't think they're very good in a lot of skill positions. The only advantage they have is the fact that they've got a dominant offensive line and a dominant defensive line. But you know, Atlanta has enough skill players. That they can make certain things happen. And if Sarkeesian can ever give Julio Jones the goddamn ball in the red zone, that would fix a lot of Atlanta's problems. But in the meantime, we'll just talk about the fact that Atlanta could still do a lot of damage with Mohamed Sanu, Calvin Ridley. Uh, Tevin Coleman is still very capable. Uh, Edo Smith has been uh, serviceable as a backup running back and uh, running in between the tackles. I I just look at this game and, you know, even, like, the the line hasn't shifted all that much either, which makes this one tricky because I kind of say to myself, Atlanta should win this one, but I've seen Atlanta blow so many of these types of games that, like, I'm a a little bit skittish on actually taking Atlanta. But I can't find a single reason why I would recommend Washington. That's the the trouble here with games like this where I don't want to touch them but for the sake of a picks pool, you got to play them. So I'll side with Washington just because I know Atlanta screws up games like this all the time. But man, I really have nothing nice to say about the Redskins. Uh, you know, again, you can call me a hater, but like there are so many things I see wrong with Washington as a team that, you know, there it's hard to give a recommendation to them. Moving on. We got the Vikings hosting Detroit. Detroit, another one of these teams that I said waved the white flag because, again, you don't trade your number one wide receiver if you actually think you're going to make the playoffs this year. That doesn't happen. So, obviously, we've got a Detroit team that's reeling a bit because, you know, the Golden Tate move away from Detroit frees up Marvin Jones and... Most importantly, frees up Kenny Galladay because now Kenny Galladay can be the number two wide receiver on the team. And realistically, Galladay will become the number one sooner than later uh, with more snaps. But, you know, in the interim, 
Xavier Rhodes is going to be on one of these guys. He's probably going to be on Jones. I don't like Detroit's offense at all for this matchup because uh, realistically, Carryon Johnson has been the spark plug, but you're not going to run on Minnesota. It, it's just not really something that's uh, going to happen. So I don't like what where this is going. So I'm going to take Minnesota, but I got some big questions for Kirk Cousins because, you know, Stefan Diggs may not be able to go uh, this week because of his ribs. And if he sits out, you know, I kind of want to see Kirk Cousins elevate this offense. Because if Diggs doesn't play, it's going to be a lot of double teams on Thielen. And I'm a little skittish on Thielen, but I'll play him in cash games just because he's been so consistent this year. But I, I got I, I'll be honest, I've, I've got some reservations about uh, Kirk Cousins because, you know, Typically, with great quarterbacks, they elevate their team, and I haven't seen one iota out of that uh, from Kirk Cousins. I, I, you know, I've seen a lot of just meh games where everything has to go right in order for Kirk Cousins to be effective, and that's just not going to cut it, uh, you know, in the playoffs. So, like, so even though I expect Minnesota to win this game, I got to see Kirk Cousins actually elevate his game. Uh, He's been one of the biggest disappointments of the season thus far because he's still had quite a bit of help in terms of the offensive tools around him, the offensive line, the play calling. Most of that's been all beneficial to Kirk Cousins, and yet still the production is lackluster in my opinion. So uh, just a curious matchup because I I, got to say that uh, Minnesota should win this one, but I got to see more from Kirk Cousins. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. It, it, the, the the play thus far from Cousins has been uh, none too inspiring, if I, if, it, if I may say so myself. Moving on, uh, we've got the spotlight of the early afternoon games with Pittsburgh going to Baltimore. Listen, Ravens are three and a half point favorites, but this is a make or break game for John Harbaugh's job. Because Harbaugh has got to win games like this. The Ravens, you know, this is a home game against a division rival. Like, the Ravens find ways of being 8-8 eight and eight or 7-9. and nine, And that's gotta, that trend's got to break. You know, they are 4-4. Four and four, And, you know, obviously a loss puts them under 500. But, you know, the Ravens were 4-2. and two, And they could have easily beaten... The Saints, you know, the Justin Tucker thing, it happens, but uh, to force that to overtime. But regardless, like the Saints uh, game kind of showed the deficiencies of the Baltimore offense. Yet again, Joe Flacco, I don't believe, can be a consistent enough quarterback in the league to take you far for a championship. Yes, he had that one miracle one run, thanks to Raheem Moore. Again, I, I always bring that play up because... Denver should have won that game. Raheem Moore screwed that one up. That's the reason why the Ravens have their title. But, you know, it is what it is. So, you've got a lackluster quarterback, an anemic running game. I mean, they traded for Ty Montgomery. There's a big question mark as to whether or not Montgomery is going to actually play tomorrow. I, I I just see too many bad things going for Baltimore's direction. And as for the Steelers... You know, this is very straightforward. The Steelers still have Antonio Brown. They still have Juju. 
They still have Big Ben. And Connor's been playing well. Now, if you're telling me that there's a question as to whether or not the Steelers are better off than Le'Veon Bell, at which I keep seeing on these shows, I, I want to like literally strangle the idiot who just throws out these dumbass questions. These are stupid questions. Like, there's no question that Le'Veon Bell makes the Steelers better. There's no question. This is not even a debate. He can do things James Conner can't. James Conner is playing hard. He's playing well. There's no there's no reason to denigrate James Conner. He's done excellent. But in the NFL, where defense is optional and it's so hard to actually make contact with certain players, you know what? Le'Veon Bell would be putting up close to 160 yards, scrimmage yards per game with these lack of contact rules because it's hard to turn uh, uh, people in the slot. And Le'Veon Bell can go out in the slot and do damage. He can make those patient runs. I fully expect James Conner to have a good game against Baltimore tomorrow. The reason being is the fact that the Steelers are committed to running the football which they weren't always doing with Le'Veon. <coughs> yes, Le'Veon complained about all of his touches last year. But in critical situations, the Steelers just kind of, you know, ignored Le'Veon to make A.B. happy when Le'Veon could have gotten touchdowns. Like, there's this weird dynamic on the Steelers where guys are bitching and moaning all the time. But the Steelers are less dysfunctional right now than the Ravens, and that's all the difference it takes to win a game like this. So I'm going to take the Steelers on the road to beat the Ravens and, uh, you know, and take them as the dog. Moving on, we've got the Chargers traveling to Seattle. There was a time when Seattle would be favoring a game like this by three and a half, four, four and a half, five points. The Seahawks are only a point and a half favorite, and I kind of see this going the Chargers way you know I, I really have a tough time like finding ways for the Seahawks to win this game the Chargers are a more complete team all around if Doug Bowen was remotely healthy and could beat one-on-one coverage I would be picking the Seahawks but then again the line would be a lot higher you know the Seahawks receivers are not that good and I'm not entirely sold on the running attack just yet. You know, maybe they put together a big game against uh, the Chargers between Carson and Davis. You know, you know, this is just one of those games where I just look at it as like, you know, Melvin Gordon should be back healthy after uh, missing the game in London and having the extra time to recover. I just look at this and I'm just saying to myself, I just like the Chargers in this one, it, you know, and this would be typically the kind of game the Chargers would drop, uh, and, you know, I, I just look at the Chargers as one of those sneaky teams in the AFC that people aren't paying attention to, so uh, I, I got to take the Chargers here, uh, even though they're on the road, uh, so I'll take them as a dog. Now, moving on to the game of the week, because the Sunday night game, I still think is one where it's more hype than anything else. I actually think uh, the uh, Rams-Saints game is going to be the best game of the weekend. You know, uh, New Orleans a a point-and-a-half favorite. I kind of look at this as a case where 
depends on who gets the ball last. Uh, you know, this really kind of comes down to who can actually uh, sustain drives and doesn't. Because, uh, like, if a team makes a mistake, then yeah, I, I would I would give the other team the edge. But I, I think with uh, offenses that that are this proficient, they can overcome mistakes too. So this is about sustaining drives and getting positive points and not doing anything reckless. So, uh, you know, Sean Payton is more than likely uh, capable of just going for it on fourth down. I mean, McVay's done it too. Uh, So you can have, like, a funky game where uh, the game turns on the dime because of a trick play. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised by that. But, you know, looking at it from an overall perspective, uh, I I just look at the Rams team – and I, and I feel as though they're going to win this one. I, you know, this is just more of a gut feel than anything else. Uh, New Orleans had that big emotional win against the Vikings at home. Uh, I mean, well, uh, you know, just in terms of just getting that kind uh, I mean, sorry, uh, that game was in, in Minnesota. But, like, just getting that uh, uh, that game again where, you know, they they had a chance to... Uh, they had a chance to avenge the loss. Uh, you know, I, I just kind of look at it as like, it's more of an emotional game uh, that uh, the Saints came off of. The Rams were lucky to beat uh, uh, Green Bay just because there were a number of issues the Rams had and they didn't play well. So I look for the Rams to rebound. Uh, the Saints, you know, even though this, this should be viewed as more of a must win if they want to have uh, the overall number one seed in the NFC. Uh, but, you know, I, I can easily see this uh, being a case where uh, New Orleans just doesn't bring as much to the table as they probably should. So I, I have a little bit of a concern with New Orleans here. Uh, so I'm going to take the Rams uh, on the road. Again, I, I've been taking a lot of road teams today, but, you know, it, it just seems like one of those uh, weeks where it's not going to be a whole lot of home serve uh, uh, covering here but for the uh for the Sunday night game uh Green Bay against New England a uh, couple of things here for New England Gronk is severely banged up I would not be surprised if Gronk does not play Sunday night and Sonny Michel is also doubtful for this game so with those weapons off the board for New England this becomes a much more manageable game for Green Bay Based off of uh, the momentum they had from the St. Louis, I mean, saying St. Louis, the L.A. Rams game, uh, you know, playing on the road, they should be used for, uh, used to this environment. Uh, although, let's be fair, uh, it's going to be decidedly fewer Packers fans uh, in New England than there were for the Rams game. But, uh, you know, Pats fans, unlike Rams well, not, not Rams fans, but L.A. fans in general, they actually show up to their home game. So I, I, I look at this in like a, a case where New England's going to win this game, but I would not be surprised if Green Bay keeps it to within a touchdown. So I look at this as like a, a four-point or three-point New England victory. The line's at six and a half. I think that's a bit too steep of a line. Uh, so I, I would look more for uh, a victory uh, of the Pats of the variety of uh, – 34-31 uh, type of vein uh, where you, you got a number of scores. Uh, you can even uh, say it, it, it would end up being uh, uh, 
uh, a case of uh, you know a twenty-seven uh, twenty. If, uh, a twenty-seven twenty-four game could also happen. Uh, you know, I just don't look at Green Bay as a team that's gonna get beat by a touchdown to this type of Pats team. Just because Green Bay can hang around and shred that Pats secondary. So I, I, I always feel as though uh, there's a backdoor cover lurking with Aaron Rodgers and that Patriots secondary. So I, I do feel as though uh, it's a bit uh, aggressive going with the Pats uh, to cover the six and a half. I think New England wins this one for sure. I'm just not sold on the Patriots covering the six and a half. And as far as the GOAT debate goes between Rodgers and Brady, you, you know, you could slice it every way you want. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, like, athletically is gifted enough to be the greatest quarterback of all time, and I think it's not that close. Now, would Aaron Rodgers be able to pair up with a mind like Belichick? That's another question, because Aaron Rodgers does like to improv a lot of stuff. Like, uh, the, one of the biggest things about uh, Brady is the fact that, you know, he's pliable. He's willing to take the abuse from Bill Belichick. Uh, they're... Uh, they have that hive mindset. I'm not sure Aaron Rodgers would be a perfect wallflower in New England and not uh, voice his opinion because he likes to voice his opinion quite often. So uh, I'm not entirely sold on the idea that uh, Aaron Rodgers being able to pair himself with Belichick would be a seamless process and he'd win just as many Super Bowls as Brady has in his career. So uh, that's my take on it. You know, take from that what you will. But last and certainly not least, let's talk about how about them Cowboys and the arrival of Amari Cooper, whom the Cowboys clearly overpaid for based off of every other trade that happened uh, at the deadline because no one else gave up a first round pick and there's no one who will actually dispute that Amari Cooper is a better wide receiver than Golden Tate that would actually say so under truth serum. That is just hyperbole if they're going to make that argument. So, let's just say that for the sake of argument, you think Amari Cooper is going to be a number one wide receiver now on one of the most limited passing offenses that you can think of. Good luck to you. But uh, the Cowboys are six and a half point favorites regardless against Tennessee. You know, I don't like Tennessee to begin with, but if you're telling me the Cowboys are going to blow somebody out, you know, I, I, I kind of need to see a little bit more. The Cowboys defense should be playing better. However, the Titans know how to win ugly games. They're like, I think this is going to be one of the lowest scoring games, if not the lowest scoring game on the slate that doesn't involve Buffalo. Uh, you know, it's just one of those games where I think this uh, the, the total score for this game could just end up being in the 40s, like low 40s, like 42-40 kind of scores. It's just, uh, you know, it's just one where I just don't like anybody in this slate outside of Zeke. Zeke should get the ball early and often, but realistically, I'm just not a big fan of... Uh, this game at all. I think Tennessee covers this one in an ugly affair. Uh, again, Dallas is going to win this game. I'd be surprised if they dropped this one to Tennessee, but it's probably going to be by a field goal or two field goals. And, you know, Tennessee just doesn't have enough offense uh, 
to surmount a comeback. But, you know, this is going to be an ugly game, no doubt about it in my mind. It's just a case of Dallas gets a little bit benefit of uh, home field. The defense does play better. There's no question about that uh, against a limited Tennessee offense. So uh, those are my picks for the week. We'll see how they go down. But without much further ado, let's get into DFS. Uh, and we got to talk about the highest scoring game on the slate because we've got the Saints and the Rams. And, you know, I'm conflicted here because I, I think you have to play Gurley and Kamara together. I, I, I just look at it and it's, it's just a, a case where I, I think the lineup dictates that if you want to be successful, you got to play those two together. And figure out a way of getting it done because you know outside of that uh, you know you're asking for trouble if you're deviating from uh, Gurley and Kamara playing and you know I think this is a case where Kareem Hunt is also in play here so uh, this is just a case of you know you load up on all three of them and then you try to figure out a way of making the math work to keep all three in. So the way I've devised this one is you play Gurley, you play Hunt, you play Kamara, and you plug in the Bears defense to give you your floor. Because you know what? People don't like paying up for defenses, but this is one weekend you better pay up for defense because the Bears defense will run wild on Nathan Peterman and the Bills. There's no question in my mind about it. Uh, you could easily have a couple of defensive touchdowns here. Easily. And it, it's not even close. So I, I would say, uh, just being perfectly honest, uh, play those guys and play the Bears defense. So here's the way my lineup shapes up. I've got Jared Goff at QB, because I, I, I do think uh, he's going to have a very good day against the Saints. Uh, so Goff is, uh, you know, I think he's too cheaply priced uh, at six grand. I, I think he's probably should have been priced around where Cam Newton is at 6600 Cam's another ca- uh, game, uh, another player I'd play in cash games as well. But uh, I like Goff uh, at 6 k that, That's uh, and. Given the lineup we're playing, kind of need the money. So uh, I got Golf, I got Gurley, I got Hunt. Then for wide receivers, I got Cortland Sutton, who is going to get a bump up in uh, reps now that Demarius Thomas has been traded to Houston. So I'm going to play Sutton because Sutton's only going to run me uh, $3,900 on DraftKings. Laquan Treadwell, and this is going to be dependent on if uh, Diggs doesn't play, but Treadwell is going to run me 3,300. I still think that Treadwell uh, is one where you have to kind of play him because of the fact that he's only 3,300, and if Diggs' ribs are really as bad as people are saying they are, uh, you know, it, it only makes sense to play him. And then with your remaining money, because uh, you're going to be cash-strapped, uh, at the third wide receiver spot, I'm playing Deshaun Jackson, and you're just hoping for a home run hit with uh, Fitzmagic. Uh, you know he catches uh, he catches someone off guard. Uh, you know other cheap guys you can play in this spot. Uh, you know you can look at Adam Humphreys uh, on Tampa Bay as well. You know th- th- there's a mix of guys you can 
go with. If you really want to go high risk, high reward, you go Devontae Parker of uh, of the uh, the Dolphins. Uh, but you know you you got to go cheap here. There's there's no getting around it. it it's like you got to save money, uh, and you know at that point they're like uh, Deshaun Jackson at five grand is going to be the high point of what you can afford at this range because we're stuffing in Gurley, Hunt, and Kamara, and just waiting for those guys to go to town on people along with the Bears defense. And then at tight end, uh, Chris Herndon of the Jets. You know, check down Charlie being Sam Darnold. He's just going to throw it down to Herndon, and no one else on the Jets' offense is really going to do anything today. Uh, I mean, well, in in terms of uh, of uh, the genuine matchups against the Dolphins, uh, it, it's just one where uh, I, I just look at it in this case. You, you got to go with uh, someone cheap and reliable. Herndon is cheap, not necessarily reliable, but I do rely upon uh, Sam Darnold to just dump off passes of the two to three yard variety. So that's what makes Herndon reliable. Not necessarily his ability, just the limited ability of his actual quarterback. So uh, Herndon is the play here at 3K uh, and should net me some points uh, regardless. Uh, and, you know, we'll go from there. But, uh, you know, if I, was, uh, if I had money to pay up for tight end, uh, I'd probably look at the likes of O.J. Howard. Uh, you know, the only problem with that is if you pay up for tight end, you're going to have to downgrade and get another wide receiver uh, that could score as well. And that that's where it gets, it gets tight. It's like the money is going to be tight because of the way the roster construction is fitting in uh, Kamara, Gurley, and Hunt. Uh, I mean... Also, you could do McCaffrey, too, but, uh, you know, McCaffrey, I think, is the most high risk out of those four running backs. So it's just one of those where I just think you got to pay up for running back uh, this weekend and uh, let it ride. I mean, that's just the way I go. Uh, I would I would say it is like let it ride with uh, three high price running backs and play the Bears defense and, you know, let them go to town on the Peterman. Uh, I mean, Peterman is. I, I mean, there's just there's there's no way of saying putting it nicely for the Peter man. It, he is utterly, utterly an embarrassment to the quarterback position. Uh, I'll just leave it at that. It, it, there's just no there's no other way of saying it. He is an embarrassment to the quarterback position. So uh, that's all I've got in terms of uh, uh, the lineups. Uh, you know, take from that what you will. But uh, that, that, that's the way I, I would uh, go out and play uh, the matchup. So best of luck to you with your matchup. So hopefully uh, it works out for everyone. But uh, uh, I, I feel confident in the Bears defense. If nothing else, just take from this what you will. Nathan Peterman should never be allowed on the NFL football field again. But because it's the Bills, they will find a way of putting this clown on the field. And whoever plays defense against them is going to have a good day. It's, it's just as simple as that. So that's my nugget of the day. But play Bears defense and enjoy. Have a good one, folks. And again, best of luck to you. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.